Greetings, friends. My name is David McLeod. We are here today as part of the Wake Up Calls uh, organization, shall I say. <laughs> and I'm here with my good friend, Lina. Welcome, Lina. It's great to have you here. It's going to be another wonderful conversation. Oh, I am so happy to be here with you. These are always fun conversations with you because one of the things that I love about doing conversations with you is that we can go in any direction and not everybody that I have conversations with is is that versatile so mm -hmm. this is a lot of fun because we're going to talk about some topics that can be uncomfortable but the kind of consciousness that we bring to it right. allows those topics to become learning opportunities so that's one of the reasons I love these conversations with you I know and it's I enjoy it too I I find that no matter what we talk about, I always learn something, even when I'm bringing something to the table, and I find that it helps me to raise my awareness. And that's really what I think we're here for, is to help people raise awareness. It's not about trying to make anybody right or wrong or anything like that, but just being aware of what's going on so that we can respond from a place of uh, love and, and compassion. I think that's really what you and I are here to do. Absolutely. You know, I've been an awareness coach for 14, almost 14 years. And, and if there is one goal or agenda or mission that I have is to help people become aware that there are two ways of looking at everything. Right. You look at it from the lens of love. You can look at it from the lens of fear. And what's really amazing is most people don't understand that judgment comes from fear, that mm -hmm. blame comes from fear, that jealousy comes from fear. And until we become aware of where, how to connect the, our judgments and fear, our blames and fear, we are always gonna be stuck in a pattern of, of reacting. And that is, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I hope my work, besides the awareness is it helps people, you know, once they become aware, see that it's the reactivity that keeps us from being able to expand our mind to to shift our perceptions to come to a place of peace but that reactivity is a result of the judgment that is attached to a fear absolutely yeah that's a that's a really nice way of putting it and you know it helps keep things succinct and and sensible and meaningful and i think it's important that you brought that up because you know, today we're going to be talking about something that might be very uncomfortable for people. This whole thing of, you know, human, child, sex trafficking stuff that seems to be going on ever since uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, was arrested and then subsequently died, however he died. And then now the subsequent arrest of, of Ghislaine Maxwell. So we're calling this episode the, the Maxwell... Epstein connection or something like that. But really, I think what that's done is it's helped us to see just how much fear there is in the world. Because what kind of mentality does it take for people to start thinking that they can prey on children, that they can use children as, as sex toys? I mean, yeah. the whole idea really, I find just totally repulsive. And yet there are people out there who somehow seem to think that this is okay or, or or something that they can do and get away with. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, 
we are so quick to judge that and and we should in one way judge it so so that we can see that there is something that is taking place and when i say let me let me change the word we shouldn't judge it we should discern what is not not okay what is what is not appropriate the judgment comes in <laughs> bless you thank you so much lovey um so welcome everybody thanks for joining us olga we've got quite a few people joining us um but when we judge something we we separate ourselves from the opportunity to learn from it but when we are in discernment what happens is that the critical mind engages the heart is open and when you do that you can observe what is happening as a condition that is possible really for anybody so the the thing to do with discernment is to discern how did these people get to the place that they got to for two reasons one to correct it and and to to be able to address it where it begins but the other one is to prevent it because that is what is most important is we can put people in jail we can lock them up we can shoot them we can electrocute them we can do all of those things but as long as a thought system remains in the consciousness of humanity, one seed planted in anybody's mind that allows for that to be okay has the potential to flower into the same thing again. So the, the addressing it and correcting it, but then we need to we need to ensure that we understand the source of it so we prevent it for future generations. And that is what I think we're in the midst of an opportunity right now is to look at things with the compassion that comes from the fact that we are in the middle of a spiritual awakening. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that, I, that I'm noticing here is, all right, Epstein and uh, Maxwell are just two people perhaps they're they're more prominent people in the in the play and so therefore they get a lot of media attention but there are many many hundreds maybe even thousands of other people who are involved in this and some of the names that are coming out are are pretty i mean eye opening and mind boggling uh, to see some of the names on the list of of passengers who flew on Jeffrey Epstein's airplane to his island in uh, uh, where where is it? Uh, St. James, a little little James Island or something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, just the 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 magnitude of this is something that I would I never would have fathomed. Yeah. You know, it's only because of the fact that we, I think we are awakening in in our own way that we're able to see this. And maybe we have our reactions. I know I have I've had my reaction as I think about this. And yes, to some extent, I even go into that place of judgment. What's wrong with these people? That's the kind of question that comes up in my mind. And as you say, it's an opportunity for me and for all of us to look inside and say, hmm, I wonder if there's a part of me that could even stoop to that kind of thing. Do I have to look at that part of myself? Do I have to heal that part within myself? Yeah, and you know, your comment is perfect because thank you, Lovey, for what you're saying. We, we are in the middle of a spiritual awakening and it is crazy that this has been going on for so long. And the reason it's been going on for so long is as long as there are there have been humans on this planet 
who listen to the voice of the ego, the voice of that, that focuses. Now, you know, the ego has its place. It has its place to give us the experience of separation, but it is not designed to, to be a master. The ego is the part of us that protects the body and has us fear being eaten by the tiger. So it has its place, but now we're not in the world that, that tigers are going around eating us. There's no need for the ego as it is in a very primitive form. So this problem has been going along, going on for a very long time. So it is in the consciousness of humanity. That's why every one of us has to look at it in ourselves because every one of us has the exact same potential as anybody else to descend into, into the depths of that egoic conditioning where Absolutely. we become so, so selfishly focused. It is everything gets done for the, for the self alone. When you move down to the levels of everything that's about me and you combine money and power, there is absolutely nothing, nothing that will be more attractive than taking away the one thing that children offer. And that is the innocence. Because when we descend into the bowels of our egoic hell, we have lost our sense of innocence. We are no longer connected to our inner child. We are totally and completely in a in a perverted mental adult mind that is operating thinking and by adult i don't mean mature i just mean older um that is operating (laughs) i just want to make that clarification right (laughs) operating at such a level of disconnection from the soul from the spirit from anything that is godlike within and the only the only way that we recognize god inside of us is you have to become like a little child to know the kingdom of heaven So the way to most hide from God within is to take away the innocence of the planet. Once innocence is gone, you have no mirror, no reflection for your own childlike sense of wonder. So we have to look at this. It's we all have the capacity to do that. That's why I say don't judge it, but let's discern what's appropriate and what's not appropriate behavior. Right. And, you know, I think, <clears throat> pardon me, I like your, your distinction of the word discernment versus judgment. I think there's a place for judgment, as you have said. And I mean, judgment makes it possible for me to make a decision about whether something is good or bad for me. Mm-hmm. And um, discernment, I think, has a slightly different flavor to it. I find when I'm in a discerning state, I'm simply observing things and distinguishing things without necessarily having any energy or judgment about it. Whereas when I'm judging something, I'm actually coming to a decision about how it's going to impact my life. So that's how those two words differ for me. Um, but I remember, you know, when I was a kid going through catechism and all those me- uh, religious teachings that, that we were told, yeah, uh, judge not lest ye be judged. And I, you know, I never really understood that. I thought it was just, you're going to get punished for judging. Yeah. And that, that's how I interpreted it when I was younger. But now I realize it's actually quite different because when I judge something, I'm actually projecting my experience out there. And then I'm, I'm making an, a value judgment about it because I don't like it in myself. So therefore, I don't like it when it's on you. 
And I think that's what it's talking about, this judge not lest ye be judged, because what you're really doing when you judge out there, you're really judging yourself. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. So here we have this situation happening in the world, a situation of great, oh, here's a judgment word, depravity and low consciousness that has, has caused us to create so much pain for so many people in, in our world, especially the young ones who really have no way of defending themselves. And it's been going on for I don't know how many years. It certainly has come to my attention as you know something that these occultic and satanic and Luciferian people seem to do uh, over the last 20 years or so. That's become come to my awareness. And, and I always kind of just kind of put it aside because I couldn't actually see it. But now that it's here right in front of us, I can't ignore it anymore. And I, and I find that I, I really am reacting to this and wanting to do something more to put a stop to it. So I'm really grateful that President Trump at least had the courage to stand up and start bringing the hammer down on these people. Yeah. And I definitely want to touch base on that part. But let me go back to this um, occult and satanic stuff. That's been, that's, that's talked about in the Bible. That's been around for as long as humans have been on the planet. We had indigenous people who, uh, indigenous societies who, who practiced uh, what could be called occultism. And occult is nothing more than talking about something that is unknown until you bring it into the known. So in, in and of itself, something that is occult is just something that is seeking to be understood, some, something that is dark that needs to come into the light. There is nothing inherently wrong with anything that is occult. What makes it the problem that it is, is when we, in the darkness, practice things that we then want to keep in the dark, now it turns into what could be called satanic because nothing that is of the light needs to be hidden. So we, we have to be really cautious about, as we look at this and we're becoming aware of what's happening, to be clear that this is not something that's only, that, that is brand new. This has been around for a very, for thousands and thousands of years. And for that reason, we have to go to the genesis of it. And we, we have to visit how religion has kept us unaware. It, it's kept some of this stuff occult from us, has kept us unaware of how powerful we are because that which is kept in, in hiding is never, it, the rest of us cannot discern it. The rest of us cannot understand from it. The rest of us cannot recognize it in ourselves. So in a way, it is, it is a beautiful time to acknowledge right now that there is so much love on this planet. There's such a desire for connection, for oneness, the Christ consciousness that is awakening, the Buddha nature that is, that is being activated, the Kundalini energy that is moving through this planet, through the planet herself, is activating, bringing into our awareness what was hidden, what was occult. And Satan is nothing more than not looking at the darkness from the perspective of God. And what does God do? God, God forgives everything. Everything is forgiven by God because everything is God. And darkness is just an aspect of what God is that hasn't 
hasn't had a, an opportunity to have something reflect back to it, the light that is in it. So, so that's my thing around the occult is we, we, we got to go way, way back to do a lot of healing. And then the other thing. Well, yeah. And, and I just wanted to say, I certainly, I, you know, I read the Bible and many times actually, and studied the Bible and certainly heard about all the, the stories of Satan and all that. Um, I never thought of it in terms of the occult before. That's, that's uh, an interesting perspective that I hadn't thought about. Um, but what I, was, what I was really saying is the idea of Satanism is something that I, I guess I tended to dismiss it because I didn't see it. It's not out in the open. And now that all of this stuff is coming out, we're starting to see this through the child and sex trafficking stuff thanks to the arrest of, of Epstein and, and, and Maxwell. Because of that, I'm now being able to see the connections to actual satanic practices elsewhere in the world that I had previously dismissed. So you're right, it's beautiful in the sense that it's helping us all to raise awareness. It may be not pleasant to see what we're seeing, but that's part of the game that we have to learn to live with. Yes, and you know, I, and as you know, I'm a student and a teacher of A Course in Miracles. And A Course in Miracles makes it very clear. This world that we see is the place where we come to hide from God. So from a soul level, from, yeah, from a perspective of a soul, when we incarnate, we incarnate to have an experience of separation, which is a denial of God. It's like, okay, God, I don't need you. I got this under control. But to be able to to deny God is to deny the source of light. So the analogy that I like to use is that as a soul, what, what God is, is the electricity that comes into your house. So imagine in a dining room, the electricity that comes into your house is God. And we are the light that is in that room where God is the electricity that is all over the planet. But we have free will. Free will is the knob on the on the um, dimmer. And as we deny God immediately being inside of that switch, we, we can turn it off if we want to. So through our free will, we have little by little been dimming our light, turning down the, the volume to our ability to listen to God, to hear inspiration, love, to hear love, period. Right. So <laughs> we have over thousands of years dimmed our light. And but just because we dimmed our light, it doesn't mean that God is not there. It doesn't mean the electricity leaves the, the dining room when you turn off the light. It just means that you're not accessing the light. So the occult is nothing more than turning off the switch and temporarily the dining room is without light. The ones who who have gone to the places of hiding that and keeping that totally and completely secret and manipulative and, and using it in ways where they blackmail others to keep them in there are people who have gotten comfortable living with a dimmer as low as it can go. Right. To be in that space as low as you can go is the denial of your childlike sense of wonder, which is the light. There's a total denial of the light. That's why there's a loss of the innocence. So every single one of us that is observing what is happening at some point, some level, we, we are feeling our own dimming of our own light. So we don't like it out there because it's a reflection of how low we have dimmed our light. 
Now, just because you don't like that and you judge it harshly does not mean that, that you're a pedophile. But what it does mean, like it's a projection and you're denying it, but what it does mean is you, like everybody else, like me, has the same potential to go that that dark. Sure. Yeah. The Course in Miracles says that that only God can judge truly because to judge truly and accurately is to see everything. And even though God can judge truly because God, source, spirit knows everything, consciousness is all that is. Sure. God seeks not to judge because to judge would be to turn its light down. It would be to 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 go into separation and, and judge something unlike itself. You badly. Very interesting. Yeah. So if, if the creator of source is the creator of all that is, and it creates everything in its own image, it cannot imagine anything other than loving like itself. So therefore it does what the Bible talks about the prodigal children. When we learn to see what is and correct it, provide correction and provide prevention, those two things are necessary. Then what we do is that we're operating within within the love of God, within the light. We're turning the light up. We're turning the light, correcting those who went down and preventing anybody else from ever going that low. That right. is that is the work that um that's the work that, that is at hand. And this shift, this great awakening is because there's enough of us that are not willing to dim our light and go judge what's been done wrong. We're willing to stay at a high frequency to assist with the prevention for the future, while many at different levels of their consciousness are going to deal with a correction. But it's the prevention that is the work of the light workers. This is an interesting conversation for sure. And, and you know, all the stuff that you're saying is very much in alignment with my own belief systems about what I call omnitude, all that is. And, uh, it's very, very interesting to me. You have slightly different metaphors for explaining this stuff. Um, I hadn't thought about the uh, the electricity and the rheostat and the dimmer and all that kind of stuff. I think that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, uh, let's, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's a good one. Sure. But let's. You said something earlier about um, this thing happening that we're becoming aware of with Epstein and his island in that island in the Caribbean. But... What is so amazing is that we're hearing about his other properties that also were places of uh, these things happening. So, for example, like the his place, I want to say New Mexico. Um, I maybe- There's a ranch in New Mexico. There's the uh, um, I believe he's got a mansion in Palm Springs. Oh, I think yeah. if, I'm not sure if I've got the name right. It, is Palm Springs in Florida? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where it is. Yeah. And then he's got a couple of other places as well. Yes. And, you know, some of the, the people who are speaking, some of the young girls, or now some of them are women because this has been going on for such a long time. These children have grown up and they speak to these places, like, for example, in, in um, New Mexico, this ranch where apparently Epstein had this idea that he was the, the chosen one to start some kind of a perfect, pure race. Oh, so boy. He was taking these girls to impregnate them and keep them in a perpetual state of pregnancy to breed this, this, this whole new superior race people. Well, 
when I read that, I began to realize that is exactly what a disconnected ego would do is not only am I disconnected from God, I, I don't feel any love in my heart. I feel no compassion for anybody else because I don't love me. I'm not going to love you. Uh, so then it wants to, to duplicate itself. It wants to perpetuate itself. Yep. Perpetuate itself. Yep. And so if he, if he did that, what is there to say that there aren't a whole bunch of other people around the world doing that? I mean, isn't that what every father does and mother does? They want to perpetuate themselves. So in some way, we all have this notion of we think that we're the we're the perfect one. We're the right one. So I'm going to reproduce myself, which is why so many fathers give their, their sons their name. Mothers give their daughters their name. It's because in our mind, there is a desire to perpetuate, to replicate. But... That is exactly what God source, omnitude, you know, whatever you want to call it, wants to do through each of us because the source extends, expands. It is forever created. That's why it's infinite. So there is a natural desire in us to, to extend. But here's what the light does. The light extends without ever putting anybody down. The ego extends by and destroys. By control. Yes, you have to destroy to create according to the ego. Right. Destroy to create. God has a natural process. Even we see it in nature. Things don't get destroyed. Things get turned back in and repurposed in a beautiful dance that nothing seeks to just kill something else for pleasure. It is done strictly for the process of survival, for food. It's, yeah, it's a absolutely. Mm -hmm. process of recreation in nature. But man, when you give a human power and money, if they don't have a high level of consciousness, if that dimmer is not dialed up to a frequency that is really stable in purity, only darkness can come from it because that's the only place you can go. If you're not dialed right. up, you are dialed down. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting. And, and, you know, I hadn't really thought about the, the progenesis part of this, but I think that's, uh, it's very clear that it's not just in the child sex trafficking world, but just in the world in general. You know, we have such an egoic control over the world. We've got people who, uh, who want to, who are so egomaniacal, they want to control everybody. There's this whole globalist movement out there. And I think sex trafficking and child molesting and everything is a part of the way that they get people under their control so that those people who are under their control will help to advance the agenda. And then people like you and me, if we're not paying attention, we can find ourselves entrapped. And that's why this is so important for us to, to talk about this and to raise awareness about it. Because if we don't do that, then we're basically contributing through, uh, I wouldn't say amnesia, but through apathy and, for, and through complacency and through lack of attention. You know, we're so busy in our own lives that we refuse to look at what's happening outside. Yeah. So then we become complicit. Absolutely. And that is, that is something that a lot of people right now are people are in a couple different categories. 
the way that I see it. So the dimmer is at different levels of the dimmer. You can look at any dimmer and it has a low, medium, you know, higher and high, like a fan. You can put it all. So we humans, our dimmer, depending on where our dimmer is, that is where we're going to be operating from. If, if, you're, if you've been dialed down and you're operating from your ego, I don't care how much spiritual awareness you have in your mind. If you're not living it from your heart, it, you, the dimmer has not the connection been. connection isn't out. there. If the connection isn't there exactly. Right. Yeah, you can walk around and say, look at my dimmer. It goes all the way up to, you know, 100%. But if you don't turn that dimmer, you're not dialed in. And those people are the ones who are absolutely adamant calling this conspiracy theory. I, that's not happening. Well, they don't have enough connection to the light to be able to see that and recognize, dude, it's been going around for thousands of years. Right. So then comes the next level where you're dialed up a little bit more. And now you're willing to look at, at what is there. And you, you're driven to search. And then this is where you don't care if you're called a conspiracy theorist. You're going to go there anyways. That group is, is finding these things and they are pissed off. They are furious. And... You know, at that level, rightfully so, because that's the emotion that kicks in at that level, is an incredible anger that comes with a desire for revenge. We are going to take these perverts down. This, this, this is not okay. You dial up a little bit more, then there are those who are aware of this, but in their hearts, they, they don't have that anger. They're the ones who are really clear. For example, the rescue workers, there are, there are so many of these people they, the majority of those that, that I have heard being uh, interviewed or talking, they have, so many of them are just, oh my gosh, sharing what they're doing. They are doing this in a very calm, very methodical way. It is not about revenge. It is about correction. It's about protection of the children. From, right. from that level, you're dialed up with an awareness that every life is sacred, that no life should be treated that way. Then you dial up another level. And now you're at the place where we need people on the planet who are seeing this, but they're not really involved with it. They're not doing anything out there with it, but they're dialed in so purely. You know, we have monks on this planet, millions of monks on this planet who sit in, in a consciousness that holds a frequency that 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 light is is what is helping the rest of us see there is a direct connection that is assisting with the expansion of awareness for all of us and we don't even know that they're doing that but it's because it's the only two it's it's one it's it's one field so right. so depending on where people are in those levels it just tells me how dialed up or dialed down they are and that's why, you know, there's no need to get upset with somebody when if they're dialed down, they don't see it. it they're, they're too dark. They, they're, the shades in front of their eyes are too opaque. Right. But as you begin to move up and there's an acceptance of talking about this, that's where these conversations become helpful. Because one, we need to become aware of it. Two, we need to do our own inner work so that we dial up more so inside of us because we will do more for the planet, more for these children 
the more light we hold. Right. That's a, that's a very, very interesting perspective. And I like this, you know, levels of awareness um, definitely resonates with what, what I understand. Um, what I think we can say, though, if we look at what's happening in the world, the, the mainstream media doesn't seem to want to spend too much time covering important issues like this because they are being controlled at the highest level by people who, like you say, have their dimmer turned way down and are interested only in personal gain. Yeah. And in order to get that personal gain, they don't really care what damage they do to anybody else. It's all about, and that's exactly how the ego operates. Exactly. The ego doesn't care about anything else. It only cares about its own survival and its own uh, uh, continuation. It's, it's gratification like. for the self alone. Correct. That's that's exactly what's going on here. And so what we have is a very, a relatively small number, maybe a handful, maybe two handfuls of people at the highest levels with money and power and all the rest of it, not necessarily the highest levels of awareness, who are basically creating this world of darkness that we're living in. And there's a few people who also may have lots of money and power who have raised their own awareness enough that they're trying to put up a fight against those people. Oh, yeah. And I think one thing I learned from David Hawkins, and I'm sure you've read his stuff too. Oh, yeah. He talks about uh, these levels of consciousness as being orders of magnitude. So if, if you go from this level of consciousness to this level of consciousness, you effectively have a consciousness that can uh, overpower 10 of these people down here. Exactly. All you got to do is just jump one level. Yep. And if you jump two or three, it's, I mean, it's, it's a factor of 10 for every level of consciousness. Exactly. It's a, it's a logarithmic scale. So if we can raise our consciousness, just one tiny level, then we elevate the overall consciousness of the planet to the point where light has no choice, but to come in and start illuminating all this darkness. Yeah. And absolutely, what you're saying is 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 so accurate, and it is why it's. I love teaching what I teach because my desire is to raise levels of consciousness. Because when somebody can increase their level of consciousness, and the only way you can do that is through curiosity, there has to be a willingness to see things from another perspective. So instead of seeing things with the myopic glasses on, you begin to see it more. So it's no different than the dimmer. You expand your capacity of what you're seeing. So you're allowing more light to be to shine in what you're looking at. So you can see more clearly what is there. So that is, um, you know, we all have to do that. We have to come to the place of being willing to say, okay, I had no idea this was happening there. How did this happen? Because when we get really curious about it, we see that's been going on for thousands of years. This is where the prevention comes in. The correction is it's happening. Let's stop it. But the prevention comes in because for thousands of years, from the minute that we, you know, all these past generations have been born, they, we are born and our light gets dim little by little. We are conditioned away from our connection to source. Right. Nobody 
who is aligned with their God self, source self, no one who recognizes the essence of, of the creative source that is inside of them can feel anything but love and kindness and compassion for all beings. Because in the recognition of the God self within is the recognition of the God self in everybody else. That's where namaste comes in. That's why Hinduism has namaste as part of what it teaches because it is a 5,000 year old or more um, philosophy that teaches that all beings are one and the same. So we can't prevent this until we understand how we have been systematically uh, creating societies, generation after generation of people who have been disconnected from their true essence because religion has done a wonderful job of indoctrinating us into putting God outside of us and making it so fucking difficult for us to reach God because of all the obstacles that are in the way, all the, the you're not good enough, you're a sinner, it's a Messiah, but it's not this Messiah, it's another Messiah. I mean, sweet little Jesus comes in a Jew, a Messiah, but, oh, he wasn't the right Messiah. So even in Judaism, it makes it difficult, even with your own Jewish brother, to find the Messiah. And what? in Christianity, my gosh, they, they you, you can't reach. You cannot reach it because Jesus is the only son and everybody's a sinner. And there's always something that you messed up that is going to make it impossible for you ever to get there. So these are two religions that pretty much damned if you do, damned if you don't. That just gives people permission to never ever acknowledge what is inside unless you enter the quest that if in this lifetime you came up with your dimmer a little higher because in the last lifetime you know you elevated it then so many of us are waking up and saying no i'm not buying this story that god's outside of me you know how can you tell me god's outside of me and i'm a sinner and then at the same time tell me the kingdom of heaven is within. Where is it? Is it within or is it without? You can't have have it both ways. So right. it's so confused that in our confusion, we have lost all ability to question, to reason, because when they confused us, they did a number on us and made us feel really stupid for asking questions. And right. we have become really a world of, of people who don't ask. Um, well, well, and you know what else? I think that uh, in the process of doing this, what happens is the ego mind starts to take over. Exactly. The ego mind is that tool that we use that allows us to reason and left brain and, and logical thinking and all the rest of that stuff. And, and so the ego mind is what's asking the question, well, how can God be out there and in here at the same time? Well, of course, God is out there and in here at the same time. God's everywhere. All right. So but the problem is the ego mind doesn't want to accept that the ego mind actually is is very, very intent on separation, division and um, trying to to be right all the time. And if it's not right, then it will destroy the things that try to make it wrong. It's that's the nature of the ego mind. And so you were talking. I love this this whole analogy of, you know, the, the widening of the perspective. This is very, very important because. What it reminds us of, of the words of, of uh, Albert Einstein and also David Hawkins, who said, you can't solve a problem using the same level of consciousness from which the problem 
no. came into being. You have to change your level of consciousness. You, uh, um, Einstein talked about different levels of energy, but Hawkins talked about different levels of consciousness. And I think they were talking about exactly the same thing. Exact same thing. So, so really, if I want to solve what I perceive as a problem here, well, I can't be part of the problem. I have to elevate myself to a place where I can see more of more detail. And the higher I can do that, the greater I can see it. And then I can start to understand that, oh, I don't want to solve the problem by doing that, which I was thinking of down at that level. I want to solve the problem by bringing more love or, or doing this or doing something else. That's what I think we all need to be aware of. And that's why I think we're starting to wake up right now. Yeah, we, we are, because those wonderful beings that have been sitting on their lily pads, bringing light to the planet, have been amplifying it because as God is within, God is out there. Well, the God out there sitting on the lily pad is activating the light in here. Right. That's because it's frequency. There is a resonance. It's an activation, which is why as we get to the higher levels of consciousness, you don't want to judge because to judge is to block the light. You don't right. want to be in a state of, of superiorness because that is to separate. So you little by little do the work that is necessary in the mind. And, and you are so right. Um, and I'll put it in my, my words. So when awakening begins to happen, it is our soul that begins to stir. It is that light that begins to register with us. It zaps us. It, it's, it's letting us know. It's blinking. Okay, there's more. Begin to search. But where I agree with you exactly is that it is our ego that wants to get spiritual. Oh, wow. Spirituality. I can become more special. I can, I can, you know, yeah, exactly. Prize. I, I can, I can get my own lily pad. Um, then what begins to happen is our ego gets spiritualized, but, that, but that's a beautiful thing because as the ego gets spiritualized, it begins to unknowingly, allow for the questioning of our fears, of our beliefs. Yep, it's exactly. higher to these places to, you know, I thought I was going to get, you know, a halo and some wings. So my ego was on the fast track to become enlightened. But all the while, what is happening is it's a, it's a release of density. It's a release of limiting beliefs. It's a release of fears. You begin to question things. Why was I afraid of that? You know, why was I afraid of somebody leaving me? They leave me. Good, good riddance. That just makes space for somebody else. So, but my mind wasn't trained that way. My mind was trained in that if somebody leaves, that's a loss. Well, our soul knows that if something leaves, it's not never a loss because the, the, the universe abhors a vacuum. There, something comes in. So anyways, as our ego gets spiritualized, it reaches a level where most spiritual people are stuck in today. Too, I am too positive. I am too high frequency to look at that dense pedophilia thing. I'm too high frequency to look at this, this mm -hmm. um, uh, conspiracy. I am too high frequency. Well, what is happening is their ego has convinced them that they're too high for that thing, which is too low, which is a judgment. Of course. But and so when there is a judgment, there is an, an inability to recognize the projection. Where have I lost my innocence? Well, if you're judging, you lost your innocence. You're not in touch with your innocence because innocence doesn't judge. What little child goes around judging their parents when their parents hurt them and abuse them? 
the little kids don't do that. They love them no matter what. They yeah. know something is off, but they're not judging the parents. So that comes, you know, when they get more older. So there is a, there's a sweet spot that everybody has to get to where you, you recognize your ego. You can see your ego and you are aware of its spiritualized self and you can sit as spirit and you literally don't even judge you for judging others. And in that space, there is an alchemical process that takes place within where you dissolve that which caused the sense of separation by your unwillingness to see it as anything other than you. And when that oneness is experienced inside, that is a return to our innocence because there is a forgiveness that takes place that says, Yes, I just did what everybody else taught me to do, but it never I never stopped being the innocent soul spirit that I actually am. And when that that alchemy happens inside and that that realignment happens within and the forgiveness happens within, you are forever altered in a way that from that moment on you recognize that everybody else has fallen under the same illusion. Everybody fell under the same delusion. Everybody fell under the same conditioning. Who would you judge when you know that we were all innocent little children conditioned out of our truth by adults who were so disconnected from their truth, they, all they could do was take hours away. That's all that they could do to feed off of that, to give them a false sense of, of connection to, to their own innocence. Um, so there's a lot, there, there's a lot of forgiveness. There's a lot going on in here, but if we don't look at the history of how we got here, we cannot go to the step of preventing it from happening again. And so we've got to understand the mind that created this, so we clear up that mind from the collective consciousness and then humanity will continue on the upward ascension of alignment with source because we, we have scratched the surface of what's possible when we operate from love, the kindness, the compassion, the creation, the collaboration, the, the my goodness, yeah. all the goodness that is possible when you just stop judging. Can you imagine when all of us do that? It's good stuff. Good stuff is ahead. Yeah, I think you're right. And you know what, what I find interesting, and I and I just like to draw attention to this is, um, anybody who has parent has children, has has contributed unconsciously to the loss of innocence. Yes. Now I'm not saying this to try and make anybody feel bad. No, no. I'm no. I'm a parent. I have three kids of my own, so I know that I have done that to my kids. The point I'm trying to make here is we cannot beat ourselves up for what we did out of the ignorance of our own lives. We all chose to come here and to and to, to follow some kind of a path, some kind of a journey, and to fulfill some kind of a purpose that we maybe forgot the moment we arrived. 
I think that we all forget it actually. I think that's part of the part of the fun of this whole journey is yeah. okay, I make all this great plan when I'm in a spiritual form and then I come to earth and I completely forget what the plan was. And part of the journey is each cycle through some kind of process is to remember just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more of who I am and why I'm here. And that's why those two are the two questions that we keep asking ourselves. Who am I? Why am I here? Exactly. And so our, whole, our whole journey in our entire lives are all about finding the answers to those questions. And some of us, some of us are really, really blessed and we get the answer early. Like maybe when you're 12 or 13 or 14, the answer comes and you reconnect and all of a sudden you're just taken off. But some people like me are a little slower, you know, took me a few years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and lots of mistakes along the way. And um, so don't beat yourself up no matter what. Love yourself. Yeah. We're I all here doing the best we can with the tools that we have at our disposal and the fact that we're taking, I might be taking 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and you might take only 10 or 12 years. That's just part of our own individual plan. So enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And I love bring, it. Yeah. Bring love to it. I love that you're saying that because it is, you know, and again, to quote the Course in Miracles, the Course says that we're using time to undo what took time to do. So. Sure. It's going to take us time to go backwards in time and see where did this get started? Because it is in the recognition that everything that is not of God, that is not of love and light and freedom, has a point of origin. At that point of origin, that religion got created. At that point of origin, that law got instituted. At that point of origin, somebody um, conquered somebody else. There is a point of origin for everything when we can move in it and it's a gradual process to that point of origin what we will discover is that all that happened in that point of origin was a decision to no longer be what you are that's why we continue on this journey who am i why am i here what who are you you are who you've always been you just forgot to remember that that's who you are and you took on you, took you on. forgot to remember yes you took on a um, what somebody taught you you were. You know, before right. there were Methodists, you weren't a Methodist. So what were you before that? You might have been a Christian. Well, what were you before that? You might have been a pagan. What were you before that? You might have been, uh, you know, Essene. Who were you before that? Uh, a caveman. Who were you before that? I was a soul then that's your your true identity, the one that is and cannot be tainted nor changed nor altered by anybody. That is who you really are. And to to come back to that, you have one, to- One with all it is. Yes, you've got to peel all the layers of all of the BS, you know, the, the belief right. system, the bullshit that we pick up and take on as the truth of who we are that is not true at all. But it is a truth that is relative to the experience that you're having. And that's why everybody is where they should be. That's why nobody's in the wrong place. But let me say one other thing about the importance of we've got to make peace with our parents. They did the best that they could with what they had. 
they have to make peace with their parents. And if they're deceased, we can make peace for all of them through our forgiveness of the lineage. That's how powerful we are. Sure. Yep. But the other thing that is so crucial that people understand is that this whole pedophilia and child molestation and all of this that is happening is a cry from the most deepest part of our soul. Well, not our soul, the deepest part of the whole within us that our soul is way back in the back. And that there is a cry. There is a cry of these children and crying for us to come and rescue them is the cry of our own inner child crying for us to rescue it. Yeah. What happens, two, two powerful things happen when we reconnect with that inner child and we, we come back. The first thing that happens is we stop operating as a victim. We, we give up. You have to give up that story. You know, who was I before I got hurt or I got abused or abandoned? Who was I? You were totally whole and complete. So that story of victimization ends. When that story of victimization, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means it doesn't define you because you return to who am I, the you that was there before the event happened. When you can, when you begin to cultivate a relationship with that inner Christ itself, that inner Buddha nature, whatever you want to call that, that the I am that I am inside, when we cultivate the relationship with that, something miraculous happens. And this, we'll have to talk about this the next conversation, but this is where the world, one of the reasons why we have to wake up. Because when we can return to our innocence and we connect with God, guess what else falls away? The need for external authorities. We don't need the police telling us how to be. We know we, the beingness that we are is not going to be criminal. We don't need doctors giving us vaccines or medical stuff because the we return to a sense of wholeness, a, a, a holding, a holistic sense of self, our well-being. All that Jesus walked around and told people, you know, to the leper, get up and walk. Why could he say get up and walk? Because he identified that which has always been there. Jesus just said, turn up the dimmer. Because in the darkness, all you see is leprosy. But if you turn the light on, you would see that there is nothing there that is not like God. That is not exactly what. Right. You know, <clears throat> So if we want to fix all the problems in the world of corruption, it, it has to happen. First, we've got to identify that we've got to save the children because that is the only way we're all going to come together. See, today we can't come together on race because there's too many races. We can't come together on, on income because there's too many different incomes. We can't come together on sexuality because there's so many se sexual orientations. We can't come together on gender because now there's like 47 different categories you know you're you're female male oh my god i can't keep up with them so where do we come together one place all of us all of us start off in innocence there we can't take sides how is there black innocence white innocence you know lgbtq no it's innocence it's, it's <laughs> well i'm sure some people will try to make that claim that's okay. They can do that. And they can spend a lot of time, you know, dilly-dallying with that nonsense. When we come into the innocence where we all meet there, who does not want to save a child? I don't know. 
single person other than the ones who are hurting them. But even right. they protect their own children. They just don't take care of other people's children. But yeah. in that place where we join as innocent, we when we can come back, and it's going to take quite a few decades, it may take 100 years for the whole planet to heal from this, because these are deep wounds that have to be addressed. When we return to that innocence, everything that has the potential to be corrupt because it requires an authority will fall away because we will have returned to the one authority inside. And from that place, there's no lying. There's no more cheating. There's no more stealing. There's no more getting sick. There, there's even no more aging. There's no, there, all of those things fall away, which right. is why the powers that be don't want us to rescue the children because they know that the way to end all corruption, all systems that are for profit is to return us to the place where we connect with the source within. Right. Well, you know, I agree with everything you're saying. And I also want to add that, um, as hard as this may be for some people to do, in a sense, we have to be grateful that this whole situation with Epstein, Ghislaine, and the whole sex pedophilia ring that's, that's just becoming more and more obvious, we have to be grateful that we have raised our awareness enough to know about it. Because it's from this gratitude and, and love that we are empowered to do something about it. I also am grateful to Q and, and his, or whoever Q is, I don't know who it is, but I just got this book. It's called Q Chronicles Book One, Calm Before the Storm. And this book helps to explain some of the cryptic ways in which Q shares information online. And I'll tell you, He's been talking about the, the child uh, trafficking, sex trafficking rings in this book ever since Q first came online in 2017. So I would encourage you, not just you, Lina, but anybody else who's watching this, to check, check out Q. And yeah, the mainstream media is going to tell you it's just a wild-ass, crazy-ass conspiracy theory that's based on yeah, absolute uh, fake stuff. Well, of course they're going to tell you that because they don't want you to know the truth. And they don't want you to know the truth because the moment you know the truth, their power uh, structure simply starts to fall apart. Exactly. And that's, and that's what you were talking about, Lina, this whole notion of authority. They have the authority right now because they're holding it over us. They're, they're holding us under their control. And when you put on a mask, you are simply agreeing to be controlled by these people. Not yeah. just mask, but mask is a great and powerful visual reminder. It, you've, you've been muffled, yes. You've been muffled, you've been shut up, you've been covered up, you've been told that you are a filthy, dirty, disease-ridden vermin yeah. that doesn't even deserve to engage with other people on this planet. That's the message they want you to hear. Yeah. And then they want you to snitch on the other people and tell on your friends. I mean, talk about to totally and completely separate innocence. And yes, and totally and completely take away all that they. Yes, you are absolutely, absolutely correct. Um, 
you know, we'll, we may have to do, a, let's do another conversation and talk about Q because uh, Q is something that I've only been exposed to really this year. I had heard about it, but I had never really gone down that path. However, I have been researching things that are called conspiracy theories for about 15 years. And yep. for, me, for me, it started with a Catholic church because part of my awakening was to discover my fear of God and to, to really get, you know, talk, go back to find where did that start? Okay. It, it started with my mom. Where, where'd my mom get it with her mom? Where'd her mom get it? You know, and, and then eventually I got to the Catholic church, the year 325. And then before that, you know, where, where was the fear of God before that? So as I went into that, that search of where did the fear of God get, get initiated? Um, it took me to the Catholic church. And when I began to delve into the Catholic church, I went down a rabbit hole back then. I even know it's called a rabbit hole. I had no idea what was a theory, but do you remember the book by, um, what was his name? Um, the Da Vinci Code, I can't remember. Dan Brown. Oh, yeah, Dan Brown. Yeah. So the Da Vinci Code took me down the path of Mary Magdalene. And when I went down the path of Mary Magdalene, I began to discover things about me, about my femininity, about, you know, what happened to women, how women were totally and completely turned into second class citizens. It began to activate in me a sense of who am I? And I began to realize who I was. But because I had gone down that path with, with the Catholic Church of questioning, I then began to question all kinds of other things. So I was a conspiracy theorist before I knew there was such a thing as a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And, and it wasn't a, it was a thing that helped liberate me. So today when I see people being bashed because of conspiracy theory, it, it excites me because I know we're getting closer to the truth. Because... Yeah. It, and, it and it is a, a pretty amazing time. I think, uh, I think we're kind of reaching a, a, a depth right now that's probably going to reach its maximum somewhere around November 3rd, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> right around Election Day. Yeah. And after the election is over, then something, something big is going to happen, I think. But... Uh, that's just me, my feeling. It's I, there's no, I can't put re actual words to it. I don't know exactly what to say. So anyway, Lina, I think we're we're in a time to be excited, a time oh, to mean. be thrilled to be alive, and a time when we get to watch awakening happen and we get to participate in it. Yeah. So thank you for for joining me today. It's been an awesome conversation. And uh, I know we're getting together in a couple of weeks. I guess our next one will be on August the 28th. So you know, I'm actually going to be on vacation. So let, we'll, we'll, let's, let's be, connect with that and make sure that wherever I am in Colorado, I can. Uh, oh, yeah, no problem. The calendar will make it happen. I just have to make yeah. sure that I have a computer and set up. Um, so I'm going to leave with this thought. I believe that in about a week to two weeks tops, we are going to enter a pretty dark phase. The month of September is going to be very rocky in October yeah. for sure. So keep your seatbelts on because yeah. it'll be a bumpy ride. The, the right. darkness, those who are losing their control over the people are getting, it's like a chicken with a head cut off. The, the head's been cut off, but that body is flailing 
And right now, this that's my sweetheart's. That's his analogy. That's what Christo says. And I so, so see it because I grew up in the Dominican Republic and they used to cut the heads off of chicken and they did move around for a while without a head. Yeah. So, well, so I think, though, that, thank you for reminding us of that. I think it's important for us to, no matter what happens, to do our best to stay in our hearts. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, that That's where God is. That's where peace is. So thank you. Thank you, my holy brother, David, for this beautiful conversation again. Yeah. Love and you. thank you, Lina. Bye-bye. Bye.